Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. Welcome back to another episode of Keto and Energetic Balance for You. This is Jessica, and today on the show, I have Master Lama Versaji, and I also have my husband, Pancho, who's sitting next to me, and we're going to talk about women's and men's reproductive health and how Tai Chi Gung can really benefit those areas. So how I came up with questions for this is I was having course, a hormonal mood swing myself the other day. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he, he bears the front of that one. And I just said, okay, well, I'm, I think I'm going to break away and I'm going to do some Tai Chi Gung exercises on Master Lama Rosaji's Circle of Life website. And of course we have a paid subscription. So I did that and I just automatically felt relieved, like just this big weight was lifted off my shoulders and off of Hato's shoulder. Thank you. So um, I really believe in it. And I really, I, I, I really think that it, it helps in those areas as well. And, and what I want to ask Master Lama is when you are having any reproductive issues or like, say like a hormonal issue or say a man, a man has a hormonal issue. Do, do you think that that closes down the chakras? Or do you think it closes the naughty centers? I mean, do you think that that happens when you're having that? Do you, and because I think that Tai Chi Gong, I really see that it helps open me up like right away as soon as I did it. So what is your thoughts on that? And of course, well, you actually in the very moment that you practiced and decided to do that, you started answering your own question at the same time. And if anybody's really paying attention to this video, it will share with you the empowerment of Tai Chi Gong in relation to the endocrine gland system. There's probably not a more powerful system on the planet that supports your endocrine gland system. First of all, the Lamasary looks at the endocrine gland system in the body as the software of the human body. So when we want the body to act normally, we know that as long as the software and computer is acting normally, then the hard drive will function. So let's look at the body as the hard drive and the glandular system as the software. If something comes out of kilter with the application of a software, we know that the hard drive is not gonna work, right? So it's very interesting to know and that there is an incredible connection between the psychic endocrine gland system that the yoga system, based on the city yoga masters, are the psychic endocrine gland system. And the endocrine gland system could be looked at as the physical chakras. So we have basically, we have a battery, we have a grounding wire, but we have a red and a black cable on that battery. 
in order to properly jump that car, we know we have to be firmly grounded and both the red and black cable have to be securely mounted in order to jump it. That's what we know. And so it's kind of the same relationship between the chakras and the endocrine gland system. So you've heard me talk a lot about what we refer to, well, in Judean Christian teachings, they refer to the second birth as this process of waking up. We know that when puberty happens, depending on where the soul and spirit is and also the age that we're in, is how much these are supposed to simultaneously happen. Right. So when we look at menopause with a woman or a man, is it actually going through a dying cycle or is it raising its hand saying, you know what, you kind of forgot about me the last 10 or 20 years and I want to have my second chance to wake up? Well, the monastery really believes it's it's the latter. It's the body throwing a signal saying you know, we can still activate this. We can still power jump. And I'm going to give you some experiences. First, I'll give you my first experience. When I underwent surgery uh, in 1968, it was intensive kidney surgery. And of course, your adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys. And so after surgery, they fixed all the plumbing part of the body. But my adrenaline glands were non-existent. And so when you're a kid getting ready to go through pre-puberty and then your endocrine gland systems are shot, it's like this body had to be going through turmoil. So I would have probably been one of the few adolescents ever diagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome as I was approaching puberty. Just imagine, right? So I was fortunate that my first martial art instructor also had a basic knowledge of herbs. And so he gave my father, my father paid for uh, a ginseng root. And the ginseng root, if you do some investigation, uh, it is an energy natural form that stimulates endocrine gland function. And so the reference is, if, if I take caffeine, whether it's from green tea or other forms of tea or coffee or something, and if I do that mildly, I'm kind of pounding on a healthy uh, adrenal glands. But if I take too much caffeine, I will overstimulate the adrenal glands and the body will suffer from dumping too much stress hormone cortisol into the bloodstream, right? And then the bloodstream will little by little destroy the actual benefits that the adrenalines give. And this is what we're seeing today where teenagers go into the store and they drink all these monster drinks and they, you know, five hour energy and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it keeps boosting them, but you're already having kids in their twenties by cramming for exams that have overstimulate their adrenals and they have dumped 
too much stress hormone cortisol in the body. Now think about that for a second, right? Right. But ginseng says, I'm not going to just activate the adrenals. I'm actually going to go toward the pituitary and the pineal gland, which are the grandfather and grandmother to the endocrine gland system. And I'm going to tell them to wake back up. And as, I, as they're waking back up, then the hypothymus starts to wake back up, which is the thermostat control in the body, right? Next thing we know, the thymus itself starts to wake up. Then the thyroids begin to metabolize and wake up again. Then, and only then, after all of that, it starts to then activate adrenalines and stimulates pancreas so that we can have insulin and sugar balances again. Then after all that's done, as the water is seeking its own level, let's go down and take a look at the ovaries and the testicles. And so there's this natural progression of waking up the endocrine gland system, right? So that's from an herbal point of view. Now let's look at it metaphysically from the practice of the Tai Chi Gong exercises point of view. So from the Tai Chi Gong point of view is I'm strengthening my energy body, which if I'm a healthy human being, it's about seven feet from the sternum in all directions. I carry around this globe, if you will. And when you, if you could see it with the naked eye, it looks like the atom. The human being looks like they're walking around was somewhere between the Milky Way galaxy wrapped around them and the atom. And in a sense, it's actually both, right? So as I developed into a mastership, that now can be 12 feet in all directions. And you know, when an individual enters the room or you enter their space, the moment you do, whatever is the dominant force in their energy, you can feel yourself be now becoming, this is what denotes a master, who is a real master, right? right. So, so, so this begins to happen. Now, as this energy body stimulates, the next step down thing that happens is that we turn the nadas, the spokes that are in the chakras outward. Because when we're born, more than half of them are turned in. D depending on how strong puberty is, a few more turn out. But then if you go through a lot of emotional trauma, like uh, first love, you lose them. Oh, <laughs> all that emotional pain contracts your energy body, which in turn turns the nadas back in. Nothing affects the energy body faster than our psycho-emotional state of being at any given time. Nothing. Now, it's just the way it is. It's the way God pre-designed. We are feeling mechanism beings. That's just who we are as human beings, right? Right. So as we begin to open again spiritually long-term, when enough anatas turn out, we automatically, then the chakras, which means will that spins, start to spin dominantly and the, as if they're almost like a wheel coming off of a sprocket or an axle getting ready to just take off by itself almost like a buzzsaw if you will and the process is the seven will then harmonize 
and the sternum solar plex one becomes an axle unto itself of all the other six, right? Christ said, let my eye be single and my whole body will be filled with light. Let my eye be single and my whole body. In other words, when you unify all of them, now second birth starts to happen. Second birth strong, but where are you health-wise when it happens, right? Some people almost on their deathbed. Well, obviously, if they're on the deathbed, there's probably not a lot that can be done for that endocrine gland system. Why this is important, nothing slows down and reverses the whole aging process faster than stimulating that software and getting it functioning again. That's why whether you're on the medical side or you're on the holistic side, when you look at all the research that's been done on hormone therapy, uh, endocrine gland system, both sides of the track, integrative medicine the last few years, there's been a lot done. Still very little known from all that investigation, right? And so what happens is, let's say that you're a relatively 45 to 55-year-old female or male, right? And in that process, let's say that one or two of your endocrine gland systems started malfunctioning 5, 10, maybe 12 years ago. That second birth can actually resurrect, empower, jump, that endocrine gland system. And it's so powerful that I've known women who have had their ovaries removed start to have their cycles in their 50s when maybe their cycles stopped. Let's say they had a hysterectomy and let's say they don't have any ovaries or they just don't work. I've had women come up to me on average, is six to 18 months of Tai Chi gung practice. And just tell me, if you guys understand what I'm telling you now, this is one of the most powerful forms of medicine that the planet can actually have. This is a chance for people to regeneration. When I came back from my first big wave in the Orient, I had already been to the temple. I had already been to the Lama Seri almost four years, and I'd had now solid 10 years of training, and I had one hitch of India, and I was exactly 12 to about closer to 14 years from my kidney surgery. So I come back to visit the kidney doctor, and he decides he wants to take x-rays. Now, before surgery, I had lost one third of one kidney and half of another kidney and pretty much shot the adrenaline glands, right? Yes. And this is how he politically correctly phrased this to my mom, who was excited about going with her son, her 24 to 25 year old son at the time. And this is what he said. I'm not going to tell you that he has grown new kidneys. But what I will tell you, there is a mass that has grown on both kidneys where there used to be no kidneys and those masses are fully functional today. <laughs> that was the political correct 
way of opting out, right? Right. Now, what he didn't tell was this child who 10 to 12 years ago, right after his surgery, and he was a great plumber. I mean, I give him that. He really fixed the plumbing, right? And, but I was sleeping 13 hours a day, two months after surgery. That's not normal for a 12, almost 13 year old child, right? And now I come back from the Orient, 12 years older, and I'm sleeping six hours a day with deeper sleep and more energy, and I'm chronologically 12 years old. And my mom even knew that and had to admit that, right? So here I am today at 65 years old, and my urinary tract, I mean, you know, I can just about knock the toilet seat down. And, uh, um, you know, I, I'm lucky if I need to sleep. Well, I think once a week, you can count on, I'm going to probably put in seven hours. And that was probably last night. And it's usually on the weekend. And then I normally sleep about five and a half hours straight through real deep REM sleep. I sit up in the bed in the morning, go do my bath, uh, bath uh, room exercise. And then the next hour I spend with the divine and usually with everything. But my endocrine gland system, what is one of the best examples? Well, I fathered my youngest child at 54 years old. There is no better way to say regeneration than that, right? That just tells you everything. It didn't quite get as, as old as Enoch, who did that at 65. And I had an Ayurveda master named Sahastraji in India who taught me Sanskrit. Uh, I learned some Ayurveda medicine, herbology there. I spent a good four, four and a half years with him. And he was amazing. And he fathered his youngest child at 72, I think he was. And his wife bored that child at 54. Wow. Now, one of the most shocking things that really sent my brain on a tizzy after my first year of training in Tibet, after I went on the mountain for 45 days and meditate, was this thought that I'm going to share with you, because I think it fits pertinently with this subject matter, was a picture about regeneration and the power of the human body that the Lama put in my head as we're walking down the mountain on the 46th day. He said, I want you to think about this little Rasaji. And he said, I said, what, Master? He said, you could take a healthy woman that's in her 20s. And you can take a healthy woman over 45 years old. And isn't it remarkable, even though they seem to be aging at a different pace, that they can create a child that metabolically Unless you're really keen, you could not tell any difference about how that fetus was produced. Yeah, and it said, and if a woman can do that kind of miracle in her body, what is the power of healing inside of a? And that just got my brain thinking for years. That one picture tells it all, does it not? I mean, when you think about that logically, 
that picture of regeneration, you can't, you, you know, you're, you're, um, the people that l- listen to your podcast is Jessica, uh, they're not going to be able to s- sweep this under the carpet anymore because they're going to be thinking about this for years because which it's very basic. We know it happens every day in hospitals all over the world, but who has sit down to really think about that analogy when it is so true? Mm-hmm. And we all know regeneration is unless I have a real advanced health in a very advanced stage of aging on top of that. And we'll get to that in a minute, but you know, I cut the finger, you know, a collagen that stimulates. Next thing it does is it scabs up. And then after it scabs, it forms scar tissue to the level of health and regeneration. That process is a slower one or it's a faster one. If the scar tissue is very little, then the power of regeneration in that human being is extremely strong. And yet we are describing every form of regeneration that happens in the body when you think about it. We know that the skin is the largest organ in the body. And when things change in the skin, just imagine how long before the skin that on a DNA and on a cellular renewal level that it had to have happened in the body first. And in some essence, it was a five to seven year process. In some incidents, it's a five to seven. So here I am with trillions of cells in my body and I'm replacing millions of them every day. And And I don't have one cell in my body, nor do you, nor does any human being that's more than seven years old. Okay, so I got my whole cellular renewal is happening in anywhere from a two to seven year period. And now, and 75% of my autoimmune cells are happening in my GI tract, right? This is why our GI tract is so important to keep it clean, to keep it. So it's doing its thing, right? Now, molecularly, right? Molecularly, I'm supposed to never be more than 11 months old. So here I am on a molecular level, 11 months old. My oldest cell in my body is seven years old. Basically, we're just doing seven years old all over again. Now, if we start to use this right, we use this right, we use this right, we use this right, and we start using this right, with just the most basic forms of nutritional change, a little intermeaning fasting thrown in there, eating more vegetables and lean meat than uh, uh, carbohydrates that the body really can't break down, and we're eating good fats. If we just make a few of those changes, then cutting-edge biochemistry says we should be living 120, 160. Well, if we're really never more than seven years old, I mean, that's like a no-brainer, right? But there's probably nothing more that has to say about that than the endocrine gland system. So the ability 
to alter anything in the endocrine gland system is remarkable. And I don't know another spiritual that has a physical counterpart to it like Tai Chi, including yoga, of which I'm also a yoga master and been practicing yoga religiously for 50 years just in this lifetime alone. But I don't know anything that gives the power to the endocrine gland system than the chakras of then Tai Chi Gong. Oh yeah, absolutely. And have you seen, I mean, people that have had, like women that have had tubal ligations and say once they start doing Tai Chi Gong or women that have had infertility, I'm sure you've seen a lot of them automatically get pregnant. You know, if you've seen women start their cycle again after menopause. When I, my, my wife has now been practicing. Uh, she's from the Philippines and she's been practicing now two decades, the Tai Chi Gong exercises and that and praying the rosary. She's a devout Catholic and that praying the rosary every day. She don't miss those two things. She don't miss praying the rosary and she don't miss doing her figure eights every day. Right. And so what she in the Philippines, she had strong problems with those with the with the monthly cycle. She would have cramps and this and that and over Within probably, I would say, good six months of practice, we saw a huge change in that. And her cycle today at, you know, almost 48 years old is right on the full moon, right on the full moon. Now, I don't know what that says. Now, that, should, that should ring everybody's bell. Let me ring their bell a little bit more and continue answering that question. Had this girl, sweet girl, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in that real charity generosity mood. And I said, okay, what can I do to give back to the city with all that it's given me teaching Tai Chi Gong? And I said, you know what? When they were keeping the libraries open past seven o'clock at night, heaven forbid, house of knowledge, right? Um, I decided on a Monday night for about two years that I was going to offer a free Tai Chi Gong class to the public. My focus was really to help get the people off the street because there was a lot of homeless that actually kind of was around that area because the public library was right downtown. And there was a park within a block of that in between the park and the library that's where a lot of homeless people would go. And I said, well, maybe some of them will trickle in my class. So I contacted the library. They put flyers in all the rooms. They started building an email list. This is great, Master Lama, that you would do that da, 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 for the community. And again, that's when it was a little bit easier uh, to, you know, to do that until politicians started shutting down the libraries, right? Of course, they don't want us to learn anything. And so in the process of that, I watched people come in and in and out. And one of the stories was about six months into teaching, this 27-year-old girl walks in one day and she validated what I opened up with today about the energy drinks. And she was telling me this and that. And of course, 
because of the blessings of the Holy Spirit and the Lamasary, one of the powers they've given me over the years is the ability to see people's energy fields. And I can see what's going on. And sometimes I can actually see the meridian grids that run in and out of the body. And I could tell right away that this woman had no descending chi. And she came to me, she says, according to uh, gynecologists, I'm just totally infertile. I just can't conceive. And I said, really? And I said, well, have you tried everything? And she said, yeah. I said, well, you're willing to, you know, do my 45 day challenge. I mean, you know, I know you've been coming to class once a week, but I said, I mean, are you ready to put the rubber to the road and put the Tai Chi gung to the test? And she said, yeah. I said, okay. So, you know, she got my book and she got my DVD. In those days, we were calling it the Tai Chi gung home study course, right? I said, keep coming to your class weekly. It's free. You're having benefit. But now I want you to get seriously and I want you to put in 20 to 40 minutes religiously every day, right? As we say in the South, come hell or high water, I'm going to do my Tai Chi go, right? She said, okay. We didn't say anything about it. Three months later, girl calls me. She's off the chart excited. She says, Lama Risaji. I said, you don't have to tell me what happened. I can tell. First of all, you've never called me. Number two, you're so enthusiastic. I don't have to even be psychic to know what you're getting ready to tell me. She says, I have conceived a child. And the gynecologists don't even know how it's even possible. I said, I'll tell you how it's possible. Is that we, watch what I'm going to say. We opened up the conceptional vessel in your body. The conceptional vessel, I have never heard that, Lama Rasaji. I said, well, the, the governing vessel, this, the vessel I'm speaking about now, when a woman conceives a child, it is the first major meridian gland that opens up. That pathway is the fetus is forming in the mother's womb, right? So the governing vessel goes from the coccyx, from the tailbone, up the spine, to the back of the head, it goes across the medulla, over the cranial, and then right here in the hypothymus, it starts a descent, and it comes down right here. This is called the conceptional vessel. I, I refer to it a lot of times as the waterfall chi, that if you go around a waterfall and just you can pull it up on YouTube for meditation, or you can go see a walk. There is no human way possible that you can focus on a waterfall without getting calm. I don't care who you are. If you look at it on YouTube with music, whatever, I said, but it's the same thing. I said, so one of the most powerful things that our first four Qigongs do from the figure eight body twist to the crane and then the Tai Chi swim, those four were set up to go through a complete energy transference. As you guys know, that's only like 20, 22 minutes a day. You go through a complete, and it, it reinforces this wheel. Well, if I look at the body, is that the meridians that some of them are like oceans, some of them are like rivers, 
and some of them are like lakes. What the first thing that it does is it opens up the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean, right? The Atlantic and the Pacific, right? And then it goes out and it gets the Mississippi. And then it goes out in the St. John's River and the Missouri River. And it goes, so it opens the 12 major vessels of the body that support the 12 major systems that Western medicine only acknowledges seven, by the way, of the 12. So the eighth system, let's look at that and just call that the meridian power grid, right? So we have the central nervous system, which is the last system. Well, we have the voluntary and involuntary. Isn't it interesting that the voluntary and involuntary nervous system flow with the governing and conceptional cycle? And when you start kicking in second birth, the involuntary nervous system gets lit up and starts doing to the physical body the same thing that if I cut off a lizard's tail mm -hmm. and starts wiggling, because I'll have people call me up or text me, oh my God, Lama Saji, I was laying in bed last night and my arm kept twitching. Do I got Parkinson's? I said, what are you talking about <laughs> Parkinson? You, you, know, you know, people get a symptom and they, I said, don't freak because you're having a symptom, you know? Because I said, do you know that when a foot is going to sleep and it's going to wake up, it produces the same sensation? I said, did you know that? I said, when you decrease the blood flow and oxygen to certain vessels in the body and you increase, I said, do you know the way your body manifests it? It tells it's the same symptom. And I'm saying, I'm going to ask you, which one is it? And they're going to tell me, I don't know. And I said, then why get all messed up about a symptom? When actually, as we become a student of Tai Chi Gung and we go from a basic student to an intermediate student, guess what? We find out that our symptom body is not only in the physical body, but it's in the field. It's in the energy body. Aha. So if you're feeling a symptom, I'm going to go back to that same person. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you even one more serious question. Is that happening in your physical body or is it happening in your metaphysical body? And the word meta, of course, means more than, right? More than physical, right? Mm -hmm. And again, they're going to come back to me and what's the average person going to know? Either I don't know what the heck you're talking about or I don't know if it's my energy body or my physical. And I say, yes, thank you. And what happens is, when we get to that fourth Tai Chi Gong exercise and we're doing the Tai Chi swim, we're picking up the water and we're putting it down. We get to right here. That moment comes. And this is what that moment identifies. That human beings in human form have the ability to feel beyond their physicalness. And forever, you can never sleep that under the carpet. It says... That when I walk into a house that I want to buy, why does this house feel different than the other house I just went in? Because it's two things. It's the feng shui, the layout and the building of the house. And it's the quality of the spirit who either lives in that house or who used 
to live in that house. So it's the same with us, with every human being. So about 30 years ago, there was this Russian that created this concept called curling photography, right? And in those days, it was in black and white. So what he, he had developed a camera that could shoot and show a film of energy around every human being. But he went beyond that. He began to shoot the leaves and the tree limbs and all fauna. And there was an energy. He realized that everything that had life had this film around. And then about 18 years ago, they learned to do that in color. And so then they did this test where they put people at Berkeley College in these flotation tanks and they cut off all iridescent light. And the idea was they were putting them back in the womb of their mother and they were breathing. They were in warm water and all the iridescent light was cut off. And then all of a sudden they started shooting multi-drive cameras, you know, like frame after frame real, real fast. And they identify around the human being, there is the color of the rainbow. And that out of the solar plex, it was a dominant golden hue there. So then you take that and you go back to Revelations. And I always tell people, Revelations is not Revelations. It's a preview to Revelations because the third book, of God, which is being written as the book of the Holy Spirit, and we're all writing it now. It's called the book of life. We're writing it now. Revelation was a preview, was a gospel that Jesus gave to John on the island of Patmos when he was being held as a spiritual prisoner, being locked down, and he didn't want to behave, so they put him on this island thinking that I guess that Jesus didn't have the power to appear anywhere he wanted to. So Jesus said, I'm going to appear to him. And since you're over here just meditating, I might as well share with you what's coming next. And so what's coming next, what did he start telling John? He said, John, there's going to be uh, a second birth, just like I poured out to you guys after the crucifixion. But we're going to pour it out to the whole world. It's not going to be, it's not going to be just for 11 apostles with a few disciples. We're going to start pouring it out. And we're going to keep pouring it out till I find 144,000 of my disciples. One interesting that is also 144,000 parathyroids in the body too. And science has only become aware of just a few of those 144,000 because they're going to get switched on too, right? So you got 144,000 people that are going to redeem, redeem 8 billion people on the planet. Talking about, thank God doesn't have mercy and grace. I don't know how you could describe mercy and grace any better than that, right? So he's telling him that you have seven churches, seven candles, an angel standing at the doorway of every church, and they're going to help you open the doorway fully. And one of those seven churches and seven candles is going to have a light like unto the sun, S-U-N and not S-O-N. 
what they're describing is the second birth. They're describing the Kundalini experience. They're, de they're describing what all of us are supposed to be and what happens when you get on the other side of the Kundalini experience. Well, the endocrine gland and the chakras work, work just fine. Regeneration is like no different than cutting my finger and scabbing up and scarring better. It's, it just continues happening. And you go from a seven feet aura to a 12 feet aura and the meridian grid, right? That was deeply located in the body that the acupuncture physicians deal with, with their needles and checking the 12 pulses in your wrist are no longer just deeply embedded in your body. Guess what happens? They get turned on between the inner body and the outer body to the outermost part of your field. So you guys were just in Florida. You're yeah. like me. You probably love Florida oranges, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So we pull off the side of the road, Indian farm. We take that orange peel. We peel it back. What do we have right inside? We have what's called a membrane, right? Right. Now, we have an energy membrane as we go into second birth that now fills out our whole energy field. And then guess what happens? It turns on with light and energy also. So in St. Augustine, you guys know St. Augustine, every year before Christmas, they call it the city of lights, right? They turn on all the Christmas lights and you're downtown. And, you know, that's what Enoch called the city of lights when he came back from God the Father, right? So they turn all of this on because this is the natural progression of a human soul in a body. This is the whole reason God gave us a physical vehicle. It wasn't by accident. It was by plan. It was all along set up this way. This is redemption. So we've described redemption of a person in a body, and we've also described redemption of the earth. Because why? They're totally connected. You can't have one without the other right? So this is the, the whole thing. And so the endocrine gland system is constantly trying to be re-stimulated. Menopause is a last call to say, please wake me the heck back up again. That's what it is. It's not something dark and evil, right? Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, you know, people, men and women, they run and they turn the air condition down. They're getting hot flashes. They're getting all this. And I'm laughing my butt off. I'm saying, y'all been hearing Jimmy Swin. Mm -hmm. He's right in the middle of his second birth. And he can't make it cold enough. And in his house, poor Cindy is why she has to put on coats and stuff. And it's August, you know, in September, Texas. Because what did Jesus say? What did Master Rabbi Jesus say? He says, born of water and born of the holy fire. Born of water of a woman and then born on the holy fire of the father. Born of the woman in water, born of the man in fire. Fire is the nose. Water is the mouth. You see, it's all good. Fire is the governing vessel. Water is the 
conceptual. You see, it just it just all goes together. It was all pre-designed, all pre-designed. That's very interesting because it seems like, um, you know, the ethereal body, you know, you have the ethereal body and then you have the meridians. Right. And it seems like if you do Tai Chi Gung and you clear it out of your ethereal body, you don't need help with seeing like an acupuncturist who deals with the meridians or even a conventional physician or nurse practitioner that deals with the plumbing. So I, I like that because it's just, it all, it, it makes sense because anyway, so is that, is that correct? And that Absolutely. It's funny. My teacher used to say, <laughs> the longer you practice Tai Chi Gung, you'll realize there is a massage therapist, a chiropractor, and an acupuncture physician living inside of you. Amazing. That's why, you know, Jessica, it, it's a good statement because, you know, when I was going through my kundalini, now you remember y'all heard about the state I was in after surgery, right? Well, obviously I was a mess before surgery, but so a couple year more, I was a mess. By 15 or 16, you would have never known I was sick two or three years later, right? I already had my first black belt working on my second black belt. I just got ready to start dancing doing ballet and character dance and jazz dancing. And then I was working on my second black belt and I met this, one of the first Navy SEALs who actually studied from an Okinawan master when he was stationed in during the Vietnam war at Kadena air base in Okinawa. Right. And he was the first, you know, fair skin round eye, if you were, to actually uh, win that all Okinawan tournament at the middleweight class. It, it, was, it was a huge deal, right? So he became one of the master's kind of favorite. And the master shared with him a lot of the concept about chi and energy and stuff. And as I was going through my kundalini, um, my dad and me were not getting along at the time. So my, my junior and senior year, I moved in with my karate instructor and uh, he watched me go through the latter phases of my Kundalini. And I mean, I would pass out. Uh, sometimes I would get in a car and I would be conscious of, of, uh, of driving and then I would lose consciousness and I remember I, either I was going to my parents' house or what to do laundry or something. And then I would, I, and I would wonder how in the heck I got there because I was conscious getting in the car. I was conscious getting out of the car. How in the world? And then it just started hitting me that my higher self was getting me everywhere, whether I was aware of it or not, was getting me. And I was going through all these energy changes. I remember the last summer before I went to New York where I first met the Lama. So I met the Lama in 75. This would have been 74, which was the year I was graduating high school. I was working as an assistant swim coach. My sisters and me were all in swimming. And, and if you remember the barbed wire fences they had around swimming pools back in like the 70s and the 80s, oh, at the top, the barbed wire was like turned over, but you had the sections in the middle that looked like baseball diamonds. 
And I remember I had my fingers like this one day and I had up there and I was kind of resting my legs. I've been standing on concrete for about three or four hours working as an assistant. And all of a sudden my whole body went numb from the waist down. I could not even move my legs and my feet. Well, I mean, I was already smart enough. No, I, I can't tell my family this, that they're going to, they're, they're going to take me to the doctor and the doctors are going to shoot me up with drugs. I mean, I was already well beyond that game. I'd already been three or four years into holistic everything, eating organic, you know, everything, right? And I'm sitting there, I ain't going to tell them that, you know? And I just intuitively, little by little, knew it was part of the kundalini. It, again, was the involuntary nervous system playing havoc with the voluntary nervous system and they were turning parts of my body on and off. And then one day it hit me. It was like, okay, if I'm in a residential house, I know the electricity is 110 Watts, but if I'm in a commercial house, I know the electricity is 220. So I said, the spirit is switching my body over from 110 wattage to 220. And I'm just, I could, I could see my energy body glowing and just get more powerful. Now, what we have today that even I didn't have is that we have, as I went through the early year of Tai Chi Gong, my Kundalini got so grounded. By 76, 77, I was having no side effects with Kundalini. And it was then with deeper understanding and going to India and going to Tibet the next five to eight years that I understood this is the best system in the world for the second awakening. I remember about those days, Mother Mary, Jesus's mother was appearing to me. I was having apparition after apparition with Mother Mary. I had such an affinity with her. And she always came and calmed me down when I was a young kid. And, and, I, and I was like nervous because stuff's happening to me and nobody's around to explain what's going on. And she came to me one day and she says, I want you to teach Tai Chi Gong to Catholics. I want you to take Tai Chi Gong into the mother church, right? And, and, and it was a couple of years later that that ain't happening. And I ended up teaching, if you can imagine, the whole board of directors of the oldest Catholic church in North Florida. And one of the students in there was an ex-Trappist monk. And him and me, we got along fabulously. We'd go out every week after class and have lunch. And he would bend my ear about his monastery. And I would bend his ear about my lamasery. And we would we would have it, you know, and it, it was about that time that I started getting more aware of my second wife and how we were coming. And I asked her, I said, you're a devout Catholic. I said, are you, are you, I said, some Christians, not all Christians. I said, but some Christians and some Catholics, they're really threatened by the teachings of Tai Chi Gung. I said, I said, are you threatened by them? She says, absolutely no. And I said, why? I said, what's it doing to you? And she said, man, this puts gasoline on my faith. And she had some experiences that one day she'll have to tell you that happened to her shortly about the third or fourth year in the Tai Chi Gong that just blew her Catholic mind. 
Right. And she, she knows that God has his hand on this teachings. And I said, I'll, I said, if I ever had any doubt, all I had to do was Mary come to me. If Mary wants me to take it to her church, I'll do whatever she wanted me to do. I didn't think twice about talking to the Holy Mother. And, and if she asked me to do it, I'd do anything she'd asked me to do, you know? And, uh, and, it, and it's happened. And now people are starting to get it. I mean, there's still some, but, you know, like the Patriot and the Lama show. I mean, we started that show 18 weeks ago. And when we were live streaming, we had 46 people on the first broadcast. Last week, we hit 18. We had 750 people on the live stream. That's how fast it's going. That's a live stream without boosting or anything. And used to, in a week's time, maybe after it was, you know, uh, syndicated, it might get 500 views. Now we're getting anywhere from 3,000 to 30,000 views within a week of that that just tells you what's going on and i actually think a, a big portion of the 144,000 that are waking up i think they're in the back of pews and i think that some of them are praying more and meditating more and have a stronger faith than even the person up at the altar who's preaching to them. And I think they're looking for more answers and they've outgrown the teachings and they're looking for help. And I told, you know, Jimmy, I said, I believe that the circle of life, that's why we've created a home for those people. You know, in the olden days, the Catholics used to say all are welcome, but on our site, definitely all is welcome. And about 98% of the feedback we get is real positive with, uh, you know, but faith is supposed to be alive. It's not supposed to be dead. Mm-hmm. And, and God's alive, you know, and, and God's not dead. But, you know, it's amazing to me on this discovery, what I have found. It's kind of easy to understand where people at, but it has to do with how they view their God. See, if they put their God in a box and they expect their God only to fit in with what they've been brought up to believe, and that's what they think, then they are, they're obviously limiting themselves. So if you're going to limit your God, then obviously you're limiting you, right? But if you, if you want to be a no-limit being, if you realize that the real reason we're sent here is to overcome and that this is kind of a graduation school, right? We're all getting PhDs and we're all going to a different place, right? Vibrating a different, if you realize that your God has no limit and you pray to him every day, you also are more likely to become a no limit being. And which means then you'll understand when master rabbi jesus comes up to you and says i come to you to bring you a life abundantly you know if i'm if if my body's hurting if 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 my if my emotions are beat up if if i don't if i don't if if i can't pay the rent it's really hard for me to conceive what the heck an abundant 
life is, right? Because because in that state, that person feels polar opposite of abundance, right? They say anything, right? I got to tell them the where the place, if anybody hears this and they're in that place, I'm going to tell you once I was in that place. And I'm going to tell you the quickest way to turn that around. And that was the part of scripture when I was a teenager that just totally bamfoozled me. When I read this statement, be thankful in all things and you shall be made glorious. I thought that a crazy person had to write that. How in the world could you be down and out and struggling? And as my dad used to say, not a pot to piss in, you know, how can you be like that and be thankful? When I finally answered that question to myself, everything in my life turned around. All the teachings of Tibet and India and the scriptures all came alive and made sense because it all starts with being thankful for who you are and what you have. Remember. You got to start by being thankful. See, this is why I want everybody to do the mirror meditation at least once a week, right? Speak your prayers and and look how your face is registering because you'll know whether you believe what you're saying or not, right? But when you start all prayers to be in his presence, you must start everything being thankful, right? And that immediately that puts you in his presence, right? Remember, it's omnipresent, not omni-after. It's omnipresent, right? So once I got that, be thankful for who I am. So best place to do that's in front of a mirror. As a matter of fact, I was processing so much is that they used to have me do this nude in front of the mirror because they didn't want me to have any misdirections about who I was, right? So humbly come from you, God, strip down. I'm thankful for who you are, whether you're ugly, fat, skinny, whatever. I love you, reside you, you understand? That's where he wanted me to come to him, right? Then once I did that, guess what? I look around. I said, you know, I got a roof over my head. You know, I checked the waistline. I ain't starving, you know? Yeah, maybe I'm driving a, a car that's not much better than a Model T. Every now and then I need to hand crank it or something. But it's getting me there, right? And all of a sudden, everything started happening right. Yeah. Just making that shit. So I'm telling you people, you'll never get to Jesus's abundant life until you say i'm thankful god for who i am and how you made me perfectly in your image and i'm thankful for what I, i'm thankful for the people i have in my life i'm thankful for my children i'm thankful for my lovely wife and all of a sudden everything changed mm -hmm. everything changed that's in my opinion that's the cosmic turning point of an individual right there that's when everything changes, including your health. I mean, you can feel, and then of course the column exercise just kind of helps fine tune it. When you think about it, the column exercise is you're projecting out what your soul already knows that you came here to do. So when you do this column exercise, like every 90 days and kind of fine tune it, right? 
those things that keep showing up, they're saying, hey, where do you think these come from? They come from in here. They just didn't miraculously appear on the paper. You put them there. Why did you put them there? Because you're feeling them. Remember, we're feeling beings, right? So whatever you need to happen in your life, he's already got your back. You know, in the military, they said, I got your six, right? right? Who's got your six better than him, right? I mean, Lord knows if he didn't have my six, I'd be a mess and a half, you know? Forrest Gump becomes Lama, you know? I mean, that's me. Can you imagine pick, pick a country Tennessee boy to become one of the 12 Lama? I mean, God's got a sense of humor, you know? <laughs> I'm telling you. you so what has Tai Chi Gong done for you guys? Now I'm going to switch. Now yeah. I'm the interviewer. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to switch roles. I think Jessica got enough what she was looking for, right, Jessica? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was plenty to do this. All right. So what I want to know with you guys is y'all been doing Tai Chi Gung about how long now, (laughs) Jessica, you think? Well, we um, started the middle of July. Okay. We haven't been keeping track because we plan on making it a long term. (laughs) We haven't been counting the days because we just want to do it for as long Uh as we love it so much. Right. We want to do it for as long as we live. Right. But what have you noticed so far since you started in July? What have you noticed? What has changed physically, emotionally? What has changed? Ladies first. Ladies first. Go ahead. Well, I have noticed that, number one, that my mood swings aren't as frequent, especially with... (laughs) So you're you're stabilizing mood, right? Stabilizing mood. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. (laughs) Especially with the cycles. Um, Yeah, of course. That's when, that's when they're the worst. Right. I have noticed that my sleep is more sound. Okay. Good. Um, What's that? That's a biggie because in 40 years of teaching with people, probably 45 years and older, that was the singest biggest malady that I came across. People were not resting well. And that was also one of the first things that I saw Tai Chi gum begin to fix with people begin to balance out is that because see that same concept if that conception of meridian opens up then you're just kind of learning to let go of the day before you ever get to bed you know sleep has nothing to do with sleep sleep has to do can you push away from the table of life early enough so that when you go to lay down, you've already started surrendering. You see what I'm saying? You already started letting go. So what else have you noticed? Anything else? I've noticed my meditation. And I, now I was doing yoga and meditating before I started Tai Chi Gong, but I've noticed Good. my meditation experiences are so much deeper. Deeper. And- yeah, that's what my wife noticed. She said, this system is like moving prayer, moving meditation. Oh. And my, she said, my rosary experience, my my intuitive talking to God got much, much deeper. I mean, she gets so deep in meditation sometimes. I mean, she'll be all of a sudden running away from work. I'll have to go almost and rewake her up because, and she's not asleep. She's just that deep in meditation. Yes. Yes. That's kind yeah, of, that's kind of cool. how I get, I get, I get so deep that, you know, I can feel the vibrations and I can feel yeah. myself drift and I, you know, I get um, cool. different things and different cool. visuals and it's, it's really, 
really amazing. I love it. And, and so it, how about dad? How's dad? What's your experience, dad? I can tell you that it's wonderful. Um, I was uh, raised a devout or a Catholic and I went to church and I did not like church. I did not like sitting there. I did not believe what was going on. It was very hard for me to really appreciate it. Um, in fact, when the pandemic happened, started back last year, I remember that I got very depressed. I thought every one of us were going to die. I mean, mm. that's what they did to us. Fear porn. I hated it. I'm a veteran. You know, I'm supposed to be a warrior. I'm supposed to be the head of the house and protect right. everyone. And I was in fear for all our lives. You know, right. sure. two beautiful young boys. And, oh, yeah. You know, of course. Um, so what what I and, and that was a year of, of that torture. I realized right. it wasn't as bad as they were portraying it. Right. We survived and we continue to survive. And then when we when we started the Tai Chi gun gun, I remember that it was like, OK, this is kind of slow. But you know what? I need to slow down. I need something to slow me down because I'm going fast and everything and i don't like that <laughs> so i started doing it and i i'll never forget my oldest son little poncho he says you know dad when are we gonna fight and i said eh, we gotta learn this first before we learn how to fight so um i remember that at that point my spirituality was low prior to starting and then i started listening and i listened to you first on charlie ward Right. And I was like, man, this guy's got it. I mean, I like this. I like listening to the way you speak, the way you describe things. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, for the guys there that you don't have to go to church and feel like you need to get close to God on that day. I am close to God now every single day. In fact, I don't talk to him as, oh, dear Lord, you know, my beloved sir or whatever no i talk to him like he's my best friend hey right. buddy i got this problem man you know i'm gonna right. tell you please listen you know and he yeah. does cool and, and and i've really like dedicated my life now right. to this uh, i wake up at 4 a.m and do <laughs> all four <laughs> And, and I'm waiting for the advanced stuff because I need to probably get up at three to do it <laughs> and continue going because it's wonderful for me when I start. Wonderful. And I don't, I set my alarm just in case because right. I was taught. I got a plane going over, sorry. Right. Um, but I wake up prior to four now. Wow. I don't need the alarm. And right. I'm up and well, I'm that's okay good. and I'm ready to go and, and do my Tai Chi go. Yeah, they say as we become more and more balanced, that first wave of woken up is usually between three and six. And, and so the more balanced we become, we have that inner clock, like you say. So you shared with me how it's affected you in a positive way, emotionally and spiritually. How, how about physical? Have you noticed any physical changes? Physically, and you can ask my wife and, and my family that I recently saw in Florida that I've lost weight. And oh, I'm wow. not out running. I'm not out at the gym. You know, wow. I'm not, I, I, I've learned, we do intermittent fasting anyway. Sure. We're watching what we're sure. eating. We're trying sure. to live more of a vegetarian, eat more vegetables sure. and yeah. fruits. Yeah, good. Uh, so you're noticing organic. your metabolism has started now. So again, right. we, we started the, 
the podcast and everybody that's here in this uh, interview, you might want to go back and hear uh, our podcast because we talked a lot about the endocrine gland system. So, you know, metabolism and endocrine gland system is very connected. That's just another sign that it's doing that. Now, I'm going to ask you guys something. You don't have to share this you want, but it's one of the reasons that I wanted you guys to be on because I believe as far as an exercise system for couples who are in middle to old age, that, the, you know, it's one of the most beautiful things to share together. No and I, you find is both of whether you practice together, doesn't really, it's the both of you practicing. Are y'all noticing that how is your communication? Has that improved? Were y'all able to share? Well, why don't you go, Jessica, you start, start again. What have you noticed? about communication. Yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely noticed that the communication has definitely improved and um, it, cool. it, it's almost like we're even, because we've I have always been in touch with each other and we know how we're feeling, yeah. but we know how we are feeling even more and we read this <laughs> mind even more. It's dangerous, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it could be a little bit dangerous. Like, wait, like ah, I, I need to get away from you right now. But, um, but it's been really, it's, it's really brought us closer. I really, yeah. I, I really believe it. That yeah. has, so. How about you? Uh, yes, I agree. It, it has. We, yeah. um, there's more love that, you know, even though we had the love, but it's really yeah. emanating. Yeah. Um, our, a love for even the love that we have right. is going to our kids, it's going to our dog, to the animals around our beautiful property, um, to the people that we encounter. Uh, you know, I've, it's I've, a beautiful I've, thing. You more recognize the divinity in each other, wouldn't you say? That you can correct. really Definitely. feel the divinity coming through each other. And you can tell when your partner is sure-footed on their path. You know, we share a, a path together, but each one of us still has this individual things because we're our individual souls, right? Shirats, right? But when you feel that your partner is on their footing and they're on their way, on their path, it's a real powerful thing, yes? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Big time. And, I and always we are very yeah. close to each other now, yeah. more than ever. And you can see and, it. You can yeah. see it. And, and I'm so happy you guys came on today and uh, and shared that with you. And I'm happy about uh, the podcast and everything. And so, you know, we'll do this again in a couple of weeks or so. And and uh, you know, you guys are doing it for all the right reasons. And like we said, sometime before next month is over, we're definitely getting the advanced training up. It's designed for people like you guys. You're going to love it. It's going to make you feel more comfortable to share it, to interact with people. It's going to, you're going to have ideas about how to build a practice, mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. You know, I, I just have this vision of thousands of people, maybe millions one day across the planet spending 20 to 40 minutes a day you see what it's done to your household just imagine as that trickles off because as energy increases its vibration in a neighborhood everything else changes everybody wants to run out it seems like and they want to do the physical application you know i want to right. pull this person out of the office i want to 
put this person in. You know, when they all they have to realize, you know, I, my my message in the morning is choose peace today and the Lama's message tomorrow, the Daily Lama. I said, I can walk to Washington, D.C., and I can march for peace. And when I get there, I can look at the bottom of my shoes and maybe feel good I've worn my shoes. Or I can just choose to be peaceful. Mm. And when I choose to be peaceful, which is what Tai Chi Gung is all about. And Master Rabbi Jesus says, everything that's worth anything to us comes when we choose peace first. That peace, Om Shante, give power to peace, which Tai Chi Gong and Om Shante mean the same thing. That everything, all the other promises he promised us come, but that has to be the fertile ground. Mm -hmm. And now that you two are both experiencing peace within yourself and peace within your relationship, now you guys know what all that's about. Yeah. Yep. Now we have the tools to know how to get there. It's wonderful to see. God bless both of you. See both of you really soon, okay? All right. Thank you. Namaste. You guys take care. God bless. God bless you. Okay. Bye. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.